Hi, and welcome to Bonkers Basketball, check, check. the first episode, of course. Um, I'm Takao, and with me, as usual, is Brian Shelley. I am in a Facebook exchange with Bushwick Bill. My life is so, amazing. Hi, so everyone. Brian has to go. It's because he's talking to Bushwick Bill, and frankly, that's much more important than anything any of us are doing today. Bushwick Bill might become my BFF. I couldn't be happy. You become Facebook friends with Bushwick Bill. We need to we need to invite him onto the podcast until he realizes that it's it's a joke. And the invita- the the invitation the friend invitation is out. So <laughs> I just put it out there, and you know what? Bushwick Bill can do whatever yeah. he wants with it. Um, because he's Bushwick. Bill. Bushwick Bill aside, uh, we are here to talk about the NBA today and forever. Yes, because. It's the greatest sport of all the sports. Of all, of all sports. I, there are yeah. people who don't understand, and, and honestly, there was a time when I would argue with them, but now I just feel bad for them. I mean, I feel like we have to account for times like the Dark Ages or, or before the invention of the written word, where there could have been this totally awesome thing we don't know about. But for recorded history, like, yeah, it's basketball. It's the, specifically it is the NBA, um, and everyone who disagrees is just objectively yeah. wrong. Well, I mean, and and you know what? It's not their fault. It's the fault of white people. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to a recurring theme <laughs> on mockers for basketball. Uh, it's all white people's it's, fault. It's mostly white people's fault. Yeah, but on the plus side, white people did give the world pumpkin pancakes. and Nick Stauskas. So, <laughs> although true. that was Canada, so I don't know if that counts. That's true. They they would argue no. TBD. Uh, anyway, so this is obviously the first step in the preview podcast uh, because the glory that is the NBA is about to return to us. So we're just going to start right off with a couple of general predictions for what we're going to watch and what we think is going to be fun this NBA season. So Brian has the first two. He does. Um, and so... Shellsterdamus, his first <laughs> prediction. In the time that Kevin Durant is out, Russell Westbrook will average 30 shots Over. or more. Over! Oh. <laughs> I had to talk you off the ledge for um, <laughs> that he would average, I think, 40 shots. Yeah, right? no, that was, that was the only reason you talked me down from that is because the only person who, hits 40 sh- who has hit 40 shots with any regularity in the last 40 <laughs> years is Kobe. Well, good, because remember, this is um, the, the week where we discuss Kobe Bryant, history's greatest monster. So I'm glad that we got shots in Bryant, on Kobe Bryant. early. Anonymously. Anonymous sources say he's history's greatest monster. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, um, that's, that's true. Um, no one has gone on record to confirm Kobe's his, that Kobe is history's greatest monster. Anonymous so, sources, though, so, suggest that he does murder babies and drink their blood. <laughs> so this is good, though, because I think we wanted to use the Russell Westbrook prediction uh, to spin out to talk about individual players we'll be watching this year. And obviously, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook in a second. Um, but to Cal, Kobe Bryant, are you intrigued by his season this Kobe, year? Kobe Bryant is going to have the most interesting... Kobe Bryant has become the most interesting man in the NBA in the last few years. Part of it's because he is the meanest person on social media. <laughs> and part of it is that... You know, as we've talked about prior to having a, a podcast, no, it's impossible to look at Kobe Bryant without diving into a soup of ten different narratives. It is no one, no yeah. one on earth is objective about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I, I so I we may disagree a little bit about this. Um, I think that. With Kobe, there's a 100% chance that we are in Willie Mays with the Mets territory here. That is to say that Kobe's play is going to be noticeably not very good. Um, He will be um, probably a below-average NBA player for the last um, two 
years of this contract and it's going to make everybody sad and we're just going to all sit around and feel bad about it. Um, you do not no, agree. Uh, so we all acknowledge there are flaws in, in advanced statistics, but if you look at just yeah. uh, win shares and two years ago when Kobe was healthy, Kobe hit 10 win shares that season. Now, acknowledging the yeah. flaws and whatever problems are with defense, that's enough. Like Russell Westbrook has hit 10 win shares once in his career. Um, yeah, that's an incredibly high bar. Now, I, I'm not saying that Kobe's going to hit that again, but it's easy to forget with how messy that season was with Dwight Howard and Mike Brown and all that stuff. Uh, Kobe was really good that season. That was a terrible Lakers team that had a still recovering Dwight Howard and Kobe Bryant carrying them until he blew out his Achilles. And I don't think Kobe's going to hit 10 win shares again. But I, I'm far more inclined to see him as being a good player on a truly awful team than, like, it, it might be something closer to Jordan with the Wizards. I don't think we're going to get Maze with uh, Maze with the Mets bad. Yeah, uh, and I just think that I mean the critical difference between what you just brought up and what um, and now is the Achilles, and no one. It's so rare to find anyone who came back and was the same post-Achilles, and Kobe's 38, right? Kobe's my age. Um, Now, as soon as you say that, all the Kobe fans, you need to assure them, no, I am not comparing myself to Kobe Bryant, all right? Kobe Bryant is a physical marvel. Um, I am a guy who does yoga frequently. Um, Now, um, but I I can't see it. I just can't see it that... um, um, he comes back um, from the Achilles as old as he is, not having played really last year. Um, I just think it's and and this is sort of bleeds into the second topic. Um, I just I just think this Lakers thing is going to be even I might feel bad for the Lakers. But um, let's talk about more fun things. Let's talk let's about talk Russell. Talk about Westbrook. Russell. So so Kobe Bryant is the only I think Kobe of the last in the last thirty years there have been something like twenty. 40 shot performances and I think Kobe has nine of them yeah. Russell Westbrook <laughs> is 100% stamping his name on the, that list in the first eight weeks of the season 100% and the best, so I'd like to reiterate three things I said when I first heard about Durant's injury four thing, four things actually because this makes me this tangent here um, this makes me realize I don't appreciate Durant enough because I immediately got excited um, when I heard Durant was injured. And look, I love Durant. You, Everyone loves Durant. But I think I take him somewhat for granted. I think because his dominance isn't as physical as um, bronze is or as in-your-face as sort well, of Kobe's was. I, I think was. everybody, everybody I, likes Kevin Durant. And everybody, yeah. no one questions how good he is. Yeah. But that's different than, than, that's different than the love you feel for Russell Westbrook. Well, well, okay, but Russell Westbrook is my perpetual underdog thing. And, and so here are my three things about Russell Westbrook. One is he's going to average 30 shots a game. Two, everyone is going to fry him. Like, the media is just absolutely going to go nuts. And three, it is absolutely the right way for the Thunder to play right now because uh, Newsflash, Takal, I'm not sure if you saw this. It just came across the crawl. They don't have James Harden anymore. What? Um, what did they get for him yeah. in trade, Brian? <laughs> um, they basically got. Um, I have a half-drank glass of uh, of a stout in front of me right now. What, they got less than that for what, Russell Westbrook. Was it a good um, stout? Oh, it, it's yeah. I'm sorry. Don't lead me down white cul-de-sacs. You're not going to like it. Yeah, um, this is not. But, this is not a boring beer. I don't give a shit about podcast. <laughs> you can true. do that. You but can no, do that, with Josh. Exactly. So, like, what are the Thunder supposed to do for offense? I have been a Serge Ibaka uh, hater in the past. I've since reformed. Serge Ibaka is great. Serge Ibaka is not going to initiate your offense. Um, now I know that we all understand that um, Reggie, what's his name? What's it's his Reggie last name? Reggie Jackson. 
Okay, yeah, I it, didn't want to say it that. It somehow makes him more forgettable that he shares a name with Reggie Jackson. Well, no, and like Reggie Jackson is is a fine six man off the bench, maybe, but it's just like the Thunder have no one else to initiate the offense. We're in Iverson early two thousands territories with Westbrook, where for whatever reason we've landed with a collection of players that Russell Westbrook has to well, shoot a. He has to and score. And I think a lot. that the, the the Iverson Sixers are a good comparison too, because much like those Sixers, uh, this Oklahoma City team has a bunch of athletic guys and pretty good defenders. What they don't have, and and what differentiates them from other uh, other relatively low profile teams that might be offensively successful is there are no skilled players on this Thunder team, save Westbrook yeah. and Durant. And and this is what sort of slowly killed them. And why you can't build an offense is, you know, there's just whoever you bring off the bench now that they don't have Harden or even Kevin Martin, you yeah. know, Jeremy Lamb, Perry Jones, the third, uh, whoever, like these aren't skilled players. Like you can do something like what the Spurs do so well, where, you know, you put a limited player with a skill in a position to succeed, but they don't even have that. They just have guys. Yeah. And Russell Westbrook's going to shoot 40 yeah, times I a game. Think, it's going to be amazing. And if you're a true NBA fan, yes, you love this because, one, the unintentional comedy – or I don't know. It's not unintentional comedy. It's just some of us have been waiting for this moment for Russell Westbrook forever because Russell Westbrook is – if you don't like Russell Westbrook, we probably can't be friends because – Russell Westbrook is probably right now the second most athletic player in the league. Braun always yes. wins that competition, right? Um, um, Braun is just Braun is not human. But Russell Westbrook is probably second. Um, Russell Westbrook is insanely competitive. Russell Westbrook is knock his mother out competitive. Um, and now it's Russell Westbrook gets a team. And so all these questions about, oh, he's not a point guard. Oh, he doesn't but, distribute enough, blah, blah, blah. Well, we're about to see what it looks like without Durant for Russell Westbrook. It's both going to be spectacularly fun and incredibly illuminating. Because, because for all of those good qualities that you put out in Westbrook, they're all melded to a series of incredibly poor judgments. Like, Ugh, yeah, you sign up for the Russell Westbrook experience. You're signing <laughs> up for a bad decision, a half at minimum. I mean, nothing sums up Westbrook. I feel like Westbrook is a play as a player, and this is this is his benefit and you know his curses. He gives away tons of easy points with terrible shots and really poor gambling yep. on decision, but he makes up for it because he gains you points in places no one else can get them. You know, fly like he can get to the hole the way no one else can. And for, you know, he'll give away a ton of points with really bad decisions on defense. And then he'll make up for it by pulling four truly insane, impossible defensive plays uh, right out of his ass. Yeah. So, um, to Cal, one player, regardless of sort of, and we're going to do all NBA next time, yes. I think. Um, but one player that you're incredibly interested in seeing at the beginning of the year? I think for me, and, and well, I mean, obviously the answer is Josh Smith. No. Um, <laughs> of course not. No, like the funnest player this year for me, and, and I realize it's hardly original, is Dion Waiters. <laughs> like, oh, God. Oh, God. Dia, so everybody kind of knows that Dion Waiters is going to be the Mario Chalmers. <laughs> But Dion Waiters is in no way ready to be the Mario Chalmers. Dion Waiters, I, I can't believe that they had to talk to him because he had taken the most shots <laughs> of anybody in the preseason. That's the most Dion Waiters thing. I mean, ever. Dion Waiters in the first three games of the uh, three games into the preseason, his coach had to call him out for shooting too much. Into the preseason. This is going to be the most glorious mismatch of player and role I can ever remember. Like no one has no one so no one in the NBA is less prepared to be a role player than Dion Waiters, and I include Kobe Bryant. So first off, 
Um, I think we got to get my man Bassa from the Firestarter podcast on because we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, he he's not even fascinated by Dion Waiters. He's uh, a Duke guy, so he's all in on Kyrie Irving. So he's <laughs> sickened by um, by Dion Waiters. And the two of you can bond over Michael Jordan hate. Um, he hates Michael Jordan as much as you do. Um, anyway, but that's a whole um, other podcast. Yeah, I mean. It is. I think that Waiters is he's I think it could work if he gets in the mindset that yes, I'm a six man. He shouldn't be starting, right? He should be coming off the bench as the six man. He can finish, but what he should be is just in a position where like he, Vinnie Johnson, you, 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 right? You you've already gone astray when you mentioned the word mindset and Dion Waiters. As anyone who follows Dion Waiters on yeah. Twitter, as everyone should, uh, Dion Waiters, uh, when asked whether he should be a six man, responded with a series of swear words and I believe a post of his highlights. Um, the, like the, the, well, he also said on Twitter that he never leaves the house uh, without being strapped. <laughs> oh, <sighs> Dion Waiters. Uh, but like Dion Waiters is is fascinating, especially because I mean, to a degree, he's right. He's he's more talented than Mario Chalmers, but yeah, Dion Waiters is is like the only fly in the ointment of the Cavs. I think there are some others. Uh, I mean, I think that with the Cavs, there are um, yeah the big man concerns, the defense concerns. I. You know, I think we'll probably talk about this when we get to, yes. um, you, you know, in in the course of things. But I, I mean, I think the yeah, I think the Cavs are going to be a monster from the word go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just Dion is really talented, and Dion can probably. The thing about Dion is he's probably right that you could send him to the Sixers, for example. Um, first off, having Dion Waiters back around home, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> bad Second, idea. Dion right? Waiters on the Sixers would definitely multiple forty shot games. If oh you God, he'd D- average thirty. He might average thirty five. Thirty five. Uh, I. But he would make. Here's the thing. He'd make us better. <laughs> like I think as he can be if he wants to a first scorer on a bad team for his entire career. Um, but he could also be like, boy, if he gets his head right, he becomes an incredibly underrated asset in the way that we talk about the Cavs right now. Because if he gets his head right, that I'm if he channels all of that rage into, I'm just going to come off this bench and kill people for 30 minutes a game. Um, that's just, you know, then th- then it becomes really hard to understand but, how the Cavs. But here's the reality: like I give. So this is why I'm fascinated by Dion Waiters is because the only thing that stands between Dion Waiters and universal acclaim is Dion Waiters. And and I just don't think he'll get there. And it's going to be fascinating to see how I, – I, I don't think the Cavs have no flaws. I just think that the all the other players on that team I think know the score and know that if we all pull in the same direction, this is going to be an amazing team. What fascinates me about Deion Waiters is Deion Waiters is the is to my mind the guy on that team with his own agenda, and I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Deion Waiters picks fights with John Wall on Twitter, uh, and uh, and Deion Waiters, as John Wall rightly pointed out, has uh, does not start and has never played a playoff game. No. No. So, can can we change the topic to the guy I thought you yes. were going to say? Who do you think I? Who do you think that is? I have no idea. Anthony Davis. Yes. Oh. Well, he's not fascinating. He's just like that's appointment television. Anthony Davis is going to make oh, the lead. Yeah, world. I will say that from the minute he hit Kentucky, at least, Takao was all <laughs> in on Anthony Davis going to the Hall of Fame. Basically, uh, looking pretty yeah. good. Uh, Yamad Stradamus. Feeling pretty sharp about um, that one. But, um, that one's not so much, but that one feels good. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to let you go first on Anthony Davis. I just think that when you... Like, look, it's not that different than what Durant did, than what LeBron did. Yeah. Um, 
Anthony Davis, when you watch him play basketball, plays the game at another level than everyone else around him. And and he's not LeBron because there's only one LeBron. Um, there's only ever been one LeBron physically. But he, he's absolutely on the same track as Kevin Durant was, uh, for example. Yeah. And he's that level of player. He's that like true annual MVP guy. I mean, you just look at his numbers from last year. This is a guy who shoots 50% from the field, who gets who is good for 24-10, and 10, his second year in the league. Uh, and he's only going to get better. Now he gets to play with Omar Ashik. I just, I, I think that, I think Anthony Davis makes the true leap. And we start having that first, like, oh, is, you know, can Kevin Durant win a title before Anthony Davis comes and takes the West from him? Here's the thing. He averaged 24 points in his second year, and that's not his best side of the nope. ball, right? That's not his best side of the court. Like, he's just going to be uh, – like, it reads – if you haven't read out there Zach Lowe, first off, you should read everything Zach Lowe wrote. Right. Um, but read his profile of Anthony Davis, and just – he talks about, like, Davis is just going to be a – I don't know revolutionary defender because I don't know he's going to change anything. He's just going to win, like, you know, Dwight Howard, Ben Wallace level defensive player of the years, right? He's just, there's going to be a, it's going to be sort of like, unless people feel bad and want to give it to the second best defensive player, <laughs> Anthony Davis is going to have that. Well, and it, it all comes back to, I, I mean, it was discussed, there was a, uh, the, the big study last year that showed that, uh, all big men are more valuable on defense than all little men, and all little men tend to be a little more valuable on offense than big men. Um, yeah. And when you watch Anthony Davis or or Dwight Howard or any any great defensive center, it's just because they cover ground. I mean, when you're that size and you have quick feet, Anthony Davis, on his at his best, can just cover the court. And there's a gigantic arm in front of you, no matter where you're going. Um. The one other so, person I want to bring I up use... before before we move yes. on to your second prediction is okay. I cannot wait to see Chris Bosch's season. I cannot <laughs> because here's the guy who sacrificed the most of the big three. He and and given that Dwayne Wade is uh, almost certainly going to be hurt or ineffective, it's kind of going to be Chris Bosch's Heat team, and I am fascinated to see what he does with that. You're you're by yourself there. Um, I just I just you know what I love Bosch. We all love Bosch, right? But Bosch, I think, is going to go back to playing the same sort of very effective nondescript game that he had in Toronto. Um, but I'll, so, I'll be curious. Yeah, you're on your own. I'll be with curious that. to see Enjoy. if he can even get back to what he was in Toronto. This is what's interesting: is very rarely yeah. do you see a player drop down a role because Bosch essentially became an advanced role player for the Heat. He's very important. He's very yeah. valuable, but he really he he didn't shoot. He didn't rebound, and so I'm I'm absolutely curious to see whether Chris Bosh can get back to twenty and ten. And I'm I'm skeptical, yeah. but I, you know I, I'm sort of fascinated because it's a transition we very rarely see of former star turned role player having to turn back into a star. I, I off the top of my head, I can't think of any other time I've seen it. All right. But let's talk about fun stuff. Um, let's talk about um, guys who could challenge Anthony Davis for the Defensive Player of the Year in coming years. <laughs> this leads to my second prediction. Oh, 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 and what is it? My second prediction, my Philadelphia 76ers, proud drivers of the world's greatest tank, the current over over under for them is fifteen point five. That's an outrage and an insult. Okay, that's an insult not only to me, not only to the hardworking men and women of the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers organization. That is an insult to the Liberty Bell. That is an insult to the Declaration of Independence. That is an insult to our founding fathers. And I, sir. Do not accept these things lying So you're taking down. the under. The Philadelphia, the <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers will win. 
uh, 20 games this year. <laughs> it took me a while, it took me a while to get that out, but the Philadelphia 76ers do, will win 20 games this year. Do you know why it took you a while year. to get that out? Because it's completely why? insane. So look, it's here. No, 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 look, no. I realize that I'm 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 arguing here from a point of this almost never happens, right? I, it's really hard to lose sixty games in the. So NBA, here's here here's my right? quick counterpoint. Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to do. We need to start resting our guys <laughs> on the front end of back to backs, so that when we get back-to-backs and the other team's got a back-to-back we're fresh we're not playing a back-to-back because we played like email williams um for 40 minutes so here's i'm gonna bring up a problem that i'm gonna ask a question the first problem is there is no qualitative difference between your reserves and your starters so resting may prove ineffective that's not true and and here's my question for you now we can operate on the honor system and i'll trust you can you name the Philadelphia 76ers starting five off the top of your head? Oh, oh God, no. <laughs> um, can, can, I use, can I use MCW? No. Because he's missing right. a significant portion so I, of the season. Tony Roten. Okay, there's one. Hollis Thomas. Oh, there's two. Nerlens Noel. Three. <laughs> just just for emphasis for the people listening we had this exact conversation before and looked it up and it still did not stay in anybody's head because no. you know what i can't do this either it doesn't matter but <laughs> yeah well, okay here's the thing i say i think everybody's assuming that Embiid is not going to come back this year um I don't necessarily think that that's a worthwhile – or, well, no, it's clearly a worthwhile assumption, and Preston gets us there. I don't think that's set in stone, though. I think that, by all accounts, Embiid's original prognosis before he got to the Sixers was that you wouldn't see him till at least January or so. Um, and I think if he's ready in January or February, they're not going to turn down the opportunity to get him a solid 30 games. Um, and that sort of like – so. Some of that's there. Some of it is like, look, MCW is not, you know, MCW is going to be a top 10 point guard very soon. I don't know that he's ever going to get beyond, um, you know, the, the strong. Yeah, he's going to be. He's going to be top 10. He's never going to crack like the top five. He's probably going to be like eight, nine or 10. So um, but yeah, MCW is good, dude. I think MCW is good. I think he has the potential to be good. I also think there's a very good reason the 76ers were shopping him after his rookie of the year that was accumulated by posting very large numbers on a very bad team. But they were shopping him. Look, it's not like they were Thad Young shopping him where they were trying to dump him for whatever they could get or Evan Turner. Um, I think the Sixers looked at MCW and said, yeah, sure, if somebody wants to give us the Julius Randle pick, fine, great. Um, nobody did that, so they're here like, yeah, we're, we're good with and, this. And, and um, my counter is that there's... I think Nerlens Noel will eventually be a player. I think he's very talented. I don't yeah. think... I, I think that MCW will eventually come back and be... I, I don't think he'll be, ever be a top 10 pointer, but I think he's an above-average starter in the league. Um, and and yeah. that's also so I want to draw a distinction. I you can be a high end, high value player and still be the fifteenth best point guard. That's just an incredibly stacked position these days. Point guard, point guard is so just it, it's right it's, now. I, I just want yeah. to draw. He could be a top. You could be yeah. a top thirty five player and be the twelfth best point guard. That's all I'm saying. But and but, yeah, I yeah. they're starting like. There just aren't there aren't five NBA players on this team. The the best thing is we can't even look at the preseason box scores to try to figure out who the Sixers um, starting lineup is going to be because like what's that going to tell you? <laughs> like I mean, to, it looks like their starting five is going to be Tony Roten, KJ McDaniel's, yep. Hollis Thompson, Henry Sims, yeah. and Nerlens Noel. I think that KJ McDaniels eventually <laughs> is going to be a good bench guy, and um, and you know what he's going to get? He's going to get thirty two minutes and like sixteen shots a night on this team. 
new Scotty Pippen, baby. <laughs> so I think, you know what, rather than spend a whole lot of time, um, look, I'm wish-casting here, people. I approve of this wish I wish-casting. kind of want... Uh, and, and look, I think that everybody's going to start to look really stupid at some point in the not-so-distant future when the Sixers' youngin starts growing up and people actually start playing. I would like that to kind of start this year. Um, it may not, whatever. Well, but and, yeah. and then this year they're likely to have another high lottery pick, and surely someone yep. will break their leg in college basketball this year. You can draft him, and he can come back in two years. <laughs> <laughs> now, two years is the uh, Dario Saric. Oh, that's pick. right. That's right. So he he's he's the rookie. You got to understand, like Aaron, uh, Sam Hinky is brilliant. He just locked down rookie of the year for the next five years. We're going to be starting five rookies of the years at one time. What? <laughs> that's right. And so it's true. It's just like I feel like. So I'm going to watch Michigan basketball, and I think Karis Levert is going to make a leap. And if he like tears his ligaments, well, then I'll be okay because he'll just get drafted very highly by the 76ers. Yeah. So um, my um, my recommendation would be that we move uh, on to your right. predictions, which bring us to far, far more relevant discussions. So my predictions just have to do – my first one just generally has to inform the Eastern Conference, which is that my beloved, largely incompetent Detroit Pistons will finish fourth in the East. They are going to have um, home fourth. court advantage for a series in the Eastern Conference. I think that... Explain yourself. <laughs> I think that this is an immensely talented team. It was one that last year a lot of people... There was a lot of buzz coming into the year about. Uh, people were... Immense, he says. People were ill-prepared for just how incompetent uh, Mo Cheeks and the interim coach, who I've already forgotten, were going to be. <sighs> Um, I think that if you look at uh, plus minus numbers, the the minus numbers playing Josh Smith, Greg Monroe, and Andre Drummond on the court together were abysmal. They were whatever lineup you trotted out there with those three guys together was the worst starting five in basketball. But whenever they played two out of those three, whatever two, those were positive lineups. I think that yep. Stan Van Gundy is a very good coach. I think most yep. – I think probably there are, you know, maybe eight coaches who make a difference either way, good or bad, and the rest are just standing around. I think Stan McGunny is is a positive difference maker. And there's just – there's talent on this team. He saw – he made sense of the team. People made fun of Jody Meeks. And fair enough, he's a little overpaid. But we were starting Kyle Singler at shooting guard. Kyle Singler is the stretch four. Um Having having an actual shooting guard kind of makes a difference. I just I think that it's a very talented team that was so badly deployed last year they're being slept on. Yeah, I think that so back to over unders. The Pistons over under is thirty six and a half. If you gamble, this is not joke or stuff like that. Jump on that. Like I can't imagine. Um, with a competent coach, the talent they have on that team in the East, which is better, but still not great. I can't imagine that team doesn't get, go over 37 wins. Here's my question to you. All right. We assume that Cleveland and Chicago are going to be top four seeds, correct? correct? All right. So that leaves for top seeds. Toronto, Washington, and depending on how hard you squint, Charlotte. I don't squint that hard. I'm Asian, and I don't okay. squint that hard. All right. <laughs> over Toronto and Washington, who are the Pistons going to leap? Uh, I think they're going to leap over the Raptors. So I will give you. I will give you. I will. Really? I will spit you my 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 playoff teams in the East real quick, and then I'll tell you. Let's uh, do it. The Cavs are obviously number one. They're going to win sixty games. Uh, I know people are going to point to the the first year of the Heat and be like, that's not going to happen. Well, the Heat almost won 60 games, and this Cavs team matches up a lot better than that Heat team did. I have the Wiz yep. as a two-seed. The two-seed. John Wall. All right, but you think Chicago's going to win more games than them, um, right? No, I think Chicago's the three-seed. I think Chicago... 
Okay. So Chicago's the three seed, the Pistons are the four, the Raptors the five, the Hornets the six, the Heat the seven, and the Knicks the eight. Oh, so you have I Brooklyn do. out. I have Brooklyn and the Hawks are the two teams out. I left the Hawks out because they weren't very good last year. I know they get Al Horford back, but two things about Al Horford. One, they're going to try really hard to trade him because the Hawks don't want to win 40 games every year. And two, Al Horford keeps tearing his pectoral muscle. It seems unlikely that having torn it twice in three years, he's not just going to tear it again. It's not a winning habit. It's not a winning habit. It's not. It's not a. It's not a winning habit. I um, so to jump off that, I have um, my playoff teams in the East are Miami, Toronto, Chicago, Washington, Charlotte, Atlanta, and Detroit. I think that's. Did I get them all? Oh, in Cleveland. I don't think I said Cleveland. Not a playoff team. I said Cleveland. Right now. Right. So. Um, I have from last year. I have uh, Brooklyn and Indiana falling yeah. out. Indiana, so losing Lance Stevenson and Paul George. I don't. They're they're going to be a tough defensive team. They're going to fall apart. I don't. I mean, I don't think there's anything controversial. Like I think that the well, particularly once they trade Roy Hibbert to the Cavs for Deion Waiters. Oh, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just don't. And with as far as Brooklyn goes. I just they lost Paul Pierce. Um, Brooke Lopez is made out of paper mache. I don't see where the defense on that team is coming, and and all of the optimistic predictions I've seen about Brooklyn seem to be based on Darren Williams is back. Um, Darren Williams left like three years ago, <laughs> and um, Darren Williams has never been to Brooklyn. I'll wait until I see it if that's okay. Darren Williams' elite um, point guard yeah. skills went out to go buy cigarettes four years ago. And they've never come. They're oh, never coming by all home, accounts, son. It's not necessarily. It's your game is never. By all accounts, it's not necessary. It's not necessarily his fault. No. Like there are injury things with him. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's a bad guy. But or it's like, just, you know, it's never coming back. Got his money. It's never. But it's real. Yeah, it's real, and I don't think it's coming back. Um, but yeah, I think that the Pistons. I wouldn't have the Pistons quite that high. I think if I got to go top four seeds, I actually think Chicago. Um, probably has the most wins in the regular season because Tibbs is insane. Um, and then I think it's the Cavs. Uh, I need to really think about that because I think there's a chance that the Cavs, like, at 75%, could win 60 games. Um, like, it's just, look, the defense concerns, the big man concerns are real, and they're going to matter when they play good teams. Against bad teams, the Cavs are and average teams, and just kind of—they're going teams. to annihilate people. Oh my! Like you just—you—you you will not be able to keep up scoring wise. Uh, like they're—they're they're just. It's—it's it's, from an offensive standpoint, it's pretty much a ideal team. And and um, even then, I think one of the reasons why, having watched some Cavs basketball in the preseason, yeah. I think that they're going to be amazing is because. There, LeBron doesn't have to worry about his role. There's no butting heads. You watch him in the preseason. This nope. is a guy who is totally comfortable with holding the defense together, passing the ball, letting other people score. And if they ever need him to in the regular season, he will light people up because he's LeBron. But you're finally going to see the the sort of the rich man's Magic Johnson, if you can believe it, that LeBron was always supposed to be. That at his best, I think well, LeBron is. And what makes me really sad, though, is that it's, I guess it's sort of a passage of time thing. I'm going to miss the LeBron James whose team was so <laughs> shitty that he had to do everything because that guy was just like he did do everything. I loved that Orlando um, series. Anyway, yeah. Um, so. Uh, I think Toronto wins the Atlantic, so they're they repeat, so that they're a um, they're they're a top four seed, and then um, God, who wins the Southeast? Um, yeah, Washington. So Washington's a top four seed. I got the Pistons in sort of that mix with um, with uh, I think um, Charlotte and Atlanta. I think that's a race for the five, six, seven See, think, seed. Maybe I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. I think- Oh, Miami, yeah. All those teams, like, 
interchangeable. So, to me. I mean, to me, I mean, obviously, like huge bias here. I, I like the Pistons a little more than some of the other teams, um, just because yeah. they further go. I, I also think, I'm telling you, I like the. I think the Knicks rebound because I'm a believer that Carmelo Anthony is a legitimately great player. And and they're another yep. team that was so poorly coached last season. Um, their room for improvement is pretty measurable. Why do we know that Derek Fisher is an upgrade? Because I don't know. I don't know that Derek Fisher is an upgrade. And after reading that Grantland piece on Phil Jackson coming back to sal to to salvage the reputation of the triangle, and you can't win shooting three pointers. Um, you can't win playing. Well, Euro well, ball. well, let's let's separate out uh, terrible Byron Scott from terrible Phil Jackson. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think Fisher's an upgrade because at the very least, like Fisher might be just perfectly neutral. Mike Woodson was yeah. actively awful. I like. I mean, well, actually, no, I don't know that. I'm just assuming that Fisher is not a complete and total idiot. He might be a complete and total idiot. Byron Scott is a complete and total idiot. But I just think that Fisher. I think Fisher will go out there and he won't actively undermine the quality of his team. I think you'll see Mello at the four with a lot more regularity. I think you'll see sensible lineups. And also you won't see Raymond Felton. And that goes a long way. Yeah. I, I mean look, I mean and this uh, is eighth eight uh, seed Calderon is an up yeah, Calderon is an upgrade, no doubt. Um and I think that yeah I would like all of my OK player peeps to appreciate the restraint that I'm using in not going into a Lakers bashing <laughs> tangent here, um, which Takao has given me uh, ample opportunity to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think we're pretty much in agreement. I mean, I like the Hawks more than the Knicks, um, but I think we're pretty much in agreement on how the East shakes out. I got to be honest, there are there. Are two teams I care about in the East. Um, I, like, yeah, Washington can't get there. I'm, I'm not a believer in the Wizards. Um, I, even if they win 55 games in the regular season, like, whatever. Um, and you know what? With the exception of if Brad Beal becomes that team's best player, then the Wizards become Your hatred of John Wall um, knows no bounds, sir. It knows no bounds, but it's also just sort of like, I, look, here's the thing, man. I think I I just don't. If I need somebody to get a bucket, I don't think John Wall's going to get it, uh, and I don't think he ever will. Like he just he hasn't shown to me the. Uh, it's and it, you know what his shooting got better last year. It's just not he's never going to be a scorer, and so it's it's you can like you know you can win when your best uh, player is not a scorer. But your best player has to be able to score when, you know, he's got to be able to do the Zeke thing where, like, yeah, I get my teammates ready for the first three quarters, but then when the game gets tough, I'll take it over. No one's asking John Wall to be as good as Zeke. I mean, I, I, I think, just don't, I don't see that I think that you're overly him. down on a guy who averaged almost 20 points a game. Um, and, and, no, is he a yeah. dominant scorer? Is he going to score 40 points? But, you know, you look at the shot creation numbers, and he created everything for that team. Uh, yeah, he had a rough yeah. series against Indiana because Roy Hibbert, like, good defensive Roy Hibbert showed back up, and that kind of crashed the Wizards' offense. But you know what? Good, de- good I mean, defensive Roy Hibbert is going to crash an offense. There's no shame in being the athletic Mookie playlist. <laughs> we, have, we have to move on to this podcast. It's going to be the John Wall cast, and it'll get really ugly really quickly <laughs> yeah so yeah let's do your second prediction. Uh, my second prediction is that the blazers don't make the playoffs in the west because for a very simple reason <sighs> i think i'm with you for everyone but lamarcus aldrich four out of their five starters played 82 games last year that is just not going to happen yeah uh and and the west doesn't have a margin for error if if LaMarcus Aldridge plays 70 games. Dame Lillard plays 70 games. Um, and Robin Lopez plays 65. They're out of the playoffs without question. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but 
I just I look at them. They had an incredible start to the season when they started twenty four and six, but they didn't keep that up, and they're not going to get a twenty four and six start again this year. So I wanted to disagree with you. Um, um, however, I look at I, I look at sort of the bot the so like who could possibly fall out in the West because you and I both agree Anthony Davis is coming yes. right I think we both have New Orleans in the playoffs this year yeah, right absolutely yeah it, it's like even if New Orleans guys don't say all the way healthy. They had terrible injury luck last year, um, and look, Anthony Davis is coming, and he's just going to be one of these guys. Like he's going, I I think we both believe that there are three guys who you can put anybody around, and they'll get them to the playoffs in the league. Um, well, there's two right now, right? There's Braun and Durant, and I think we both think that Anthony Davis is going to be that yeah. third guy. I, especially having yeah. a Sheik next to him is a big. Changes everything about the Pelicans because it makes them, it gives them the possibility that they can put an elite defensive lineup out there, which they couldn't do last year. I think, and it also, yeah, it it means that you're never scoring you, in the lane ever, 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 ever. So anyway, I look at sort of who could possibly fall out. But Portland finished fifth in the West. That's good. All right, let's look at the people who um, could fall out. All right, finishing sixth in the West was Golden State. Um, Golden State has Steph Curry, um, and Golden State has a good supporting cast, and and a, and I think a better coach. <sighs> yeah, I think I, I I hate to do that because of like you know Mark Jackson being black and like my um, solidarity with all things black in sports, but um, I do think that Mark Jackson left some things to be desired, and I think that Steve Kerr is probably going to be better. I think look. Like you want to pick Steph Curry and a good supporting cast to fall out of the playoffs? I, I, I look at it All this right. way: Kerr retained Jackson's chief defensive assistant. Um, yep. The Warriors were a below-average team in terms of assists last year with Steph Curry and Iguodala and Bogut, and that kind of tells me everything I need to know about the problems that Mark Jackson had with that team. That team should a team with that level of shooting. With with that many talented scorers, should not be a below average assist team. You're doing it wrong. Yep. And so, all right. So Golden State's going to make the playoffs. All right, Memphis. How many games did Marcus Gasol miss uh, last year? A.K. the guy who ESPN just rated in the top fifteen in the league deservedly. Um, he missed like I think thirty I games or so last year. Correct. Hold on. He missed. He missed a big. Now I will safe to say. I will say, right, that Memphis, if a team falls out that's not Portland, I think it's Memphis because I just think that, like, scoring is always a problem for them. And if and look, we do know that once big men get injured, um, that can be a slippery slope. It didn't seem that way for what I think it's all Yeah, he came back and year. was fine and, and so, was good in the playoff. I, yeah. I don't see Memphis falling out because Memphis Memphis was Memphis was on something like a fifty with Gasol they were on like a fifty seven to yeah. fifty eight win pace. I, I look at Memphis. Um, I mean Memphis yeah. compared to Portland. Memphis had bad injury luck and Portland had amazing injury luck. Mm-hmm. I, I mean I just think yeah. that the margin being what it is in the West, where Portland won fifty four games and made the playoffs by five games. Uh, I think that all it takes is a little bit of a slip up a little bit of less of that hot streak that they had at the start of the year. And it doesn't work out. And, I, you know, I like the Blazers. Um, I'm, I'm going to the, – they're the only accessible NBA team for me in the Pacific Northwest. But it's just not going to happen. Anthony Davis is coming. And all of the other Western Conference teams, uh, for the most part, held serve. So, so let me ask you this. I think the Rockets will be fine. I actually think the Rockets are going to be the... Yeah, I was going to go there last. So here's my order of finish. Go ahead. Spurs, Clippers, Rockets, Thunder, Warriors, Mavs, Grizzlies, Pelicans. I think people are a little... I think the Rockets, they lost Lynn and Ashik and Chandler Parsons. But much like Dwight Howard and James Harden, I think it's really easy to overestimate the contributions of all three of those players. All three of those players are good, 
and I think they're valuable role players. But the idea that losing those three guys and replacing uh, Parsons with with Ariza, um, I just think I, I just don't see the catastrophe. Uh, no one likes Jeremy Lin more than I do, except possibly other Asians. Uh, but he was just like he was an okay backup point guard who was kind of a square peg in a round hole with James Harden his entire time in Houston. So I have it. Clippers 1 seed. San Antonio 2 seed. Golden State 3 seed. Um, although I, it, it doesn't quite work out that way because look Golden at State's you. in look the at you favor- Clippers. Golden State with the th- I said look at What's you up? favoring the white coach who stole the black coach's job. White uh, the divisions don't um, matter anymore. Four it's, seed it's just I have record now. Okay, four seed. I have Oklahoma City, um, and then I probably have Memphis, Houston, Dallas, New Orleans. So let me ask you this: um, Yeah, Dallas should be Do higher. You think? No, no. Eh, yeah, I think you. I think Houston's a seven wow. seed. I and that's not because look, look. I think Harden and Dwight are awesome, and I think they're going to be um, even better. But look. Chandler Parsons is a real loss, as kind of overrated as that dude is. Um, Ariza's great. He's a good fill-in and stuff like that. But I just think that sort of like, look, Memphis healthy last year was a 58-win team. I don't see why they're not going to be in that neighborhood again. And so then it's like, if if I'm going to say that, like there's the Clippers, there's San Antonio, there's Oklahoma City. I can't see them finishing out of the top five. Uh, or top four, and so it's like it gets crowded. It quickly. I wouldn't be shocked if Houston falls off. And Golden I actually, State, I like a re- I I do think I I think I think talks that Houston's going to miss the playoff. Or, so playoffs I think you're actually going to get the best White Howard season in a while. I'm 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 a big believer in the idea that he's a, he's yeah. going to be healthy, he's going to be comfortable, and you're going to see you're going to see something closer to to Orlando Dwight Howard. And then also, I think Chandler Parsons is a better player than Trevor Ariza. I think Trevor Ariza is a better fit on that yeah. team. I think that I think that if only because Trevor Ariza is a much better defender than Chandler Parsons, and yeah, and that is a team I, that I, I get I, more value out of a wing defender uh, than I think they could out of the versatility that Chandler Parsons offers. I, I feel the need to point out that you are um, well known for your Dwight Howard objectivity. Yes, I am legendary for my harsh criticism of big men. In no way, in no we way, need, yeah. sir, is there a noted big man bias. We need to take up the uh, Dwight Howard question at some point because I feel like we need to um, lead the um, – the counter narrative to the counter narrative that has emerged about Dwight Howard, because um, we both we both think that Dwight Howard is the bee's knees, as the kids say. Um, so, all right, I think that pretty much covers the West. Um, I think we we agree on the teams are shuffling the order. Should we move on to finals Let's predictions? Do it. Let's hear. It. All right, I got the Cavs over the Clippers in six. I have, you know, you know what? No, I hate it when people pick finals and six, Ooh. five. I got on five. I will yeah. take the Cavs like... over the Mavs in seven. All right, talk about talk to <laughs> so me about the I Mavs. Think, I, I, how are the how are the Mavs who finished eighth in the West last year getting out of the West? I think Cal? the Mavs got significantly better in the off season. Um, I think they yep. added Chandler Parsons who is more valuable to them than he is to the Rockets because adding a versatile, skilled three-point shooter on the wing instead of Sean Marion does a lot for them. Uh, and it's another... And, and I like adding versatile players to Rick Carlisle's arsenal. Adding Tyson Chandler over Sam D'Alembert is an upgrade. Yep. Um, and then I yep. think they have a variety of point guards, I think, who I think are a better fit than Jose Calderon was uh, next to next to Monte Ellis. 
And then, so I think they'll probably be a six seed. I think they'll scuffle in the regular season. And then I think enough of Rick Carlisle that, assuming that team is healthy, because you have to assume all teams are healthy come playoff time, they're going to annihilate people in the playoffs. Because when you get to a seven-game series that lets Rick Carlisle just hammer your weaknesses, um, he's better than anybody. Uh, You know, I I think that... Maybe Maybe Pop. No, yeah, definitely, I mean, Pop is the best, Pop. but like Rick Carlisle is a very yeah. close second. And I think you saw it last year in that the yeah. only team that really gave the Spurs a hell of a time was a badly under-talented eight-seed Mavs. Yeah, I mean, it's a compelling argument. I feel the need to point out two things. Uh, well, maybe more three things. Um, one is that when um, you originally were going to pick the Clippers uh, until I picked them. Um, and so... Yeah, you're you're, you know, we're, we're trying to be diverse here. Yeah. Um, two is that you can't underestimate what adding a real rim protector does to a team. And look, I sat through the majority of Sam Dallenbear's career <laughs> um, in the Iverson decline era Sixers. Um, Sam Dallenbear is wonderful at running from off the ball 15 feet away and jumping and throwing his hand up and if his, and his ball will occasionally hit a shot. Actual deterrence when people know that he's back there, um, not so much. And Tyson Chandler does that pretty darn well. Um, I just Third thing is that I don't think that anybody in the West is going to win three series with it, uh, where they don't have home court advantage. I think it's going to be tough. I think you have to have a top four. I think it's going yeah. to be tough. I just so. I look at that team, and I think the West is is really good. But I also think that and and I did I picked the Clippers, and I picked the Clippers partially because I didn't have the stones to pick the Mavs first time around. Um, yeah, I just I think that every single one of those West teams has a weakness to be exploited, and I have I look at the deep and diverse roster on the Mavs because they're much deeper than in years past. And I think that if you can get to, if, assuming they can get to the playoffs, and it's going to be a challenge for them, and as long as they can get to like a six seed, I just think they're going to be a nightmare for someone. And Dirk is still Dirk. So I, I think talking about why I picked the Clippers, um, the, look, the Spurs have the highest upside. I think that once we hit game three of the finals last year, the Spurs showed that that team deserves to be considered on the short list of. Um, certainly post-Jordan teams um, for, um, you know, best team. Like, that was just beautiful basketball. I think the Spurs are a little bit um, satiated, let's say. Um, I think that um, they're old, and I always worry about injuries um, with them. Um, And then I just look at, like, you know, I think that there's three teams in the West, and I think that... um, one, I don't know if this is wish casting or not. Chris Paul's too good to go his entire career without playing in a conference finals. Um, well, to be fair, and he like, has like, won look, two playoff series in his career, so you know, watch out. Yeah, for that and that's guy kind of like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's just kind of like part of me is just like, yeah, I want it. Uh, we both love Blake. We just we we like all NBA diehards. We kind of don't understand why the general populace. Um, doesn't like Blake. Blake is amazing. Um, I think that Spencer Hawes actually provides them with a real third big man. I think that their pieces are really good, and I think that Doc Rivers is a really good coach. Um, and maybe it's just that I don't believe, you know, if I knew the Spurs were going to get healthy, I'd probably pick the Spurs. If the Thunder had anybody besides Westbrook, Ibaka, and um, Durant, I would pick the Thunder, but they don't. Um, So I'm going uh, LA Clippers. Uh, Sending it back to the East. um, Now, keeping in mind that that you are a Bulls hater, a lot of people say that the Bulls are the the Bulls are the primary challenger to the. Cavs in the East, and some would even rank them above at this point. Um, how do you respond to those accusations? Fools and idiots. No, I like, look, <laughs> I think the Bulls will be pretty good in the regular season. Uh, I think that Tibbs will drive them into the ground. 
here's a prediction. Derrick Rose isn't playing in the playoffs. You know why? Because he doesn't have any fucking knees. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who? I'm, I'm not familiar He's with He's a guy from like Rose four years ago. I don't know. No, no. I mean, I mean I, I'm familiar with the guy whose name starts with oh, Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose if he's healthy. I know I'm sorry. Just... I didn't use his full name. Yeah, Derrick Rose, Derek if, Rose he's healthy, if he's healthy won't be um, healthy because he's not healthy. Because, you know, yeah. it, it's sad. And like like all NBA fans, like it was really fun when Derrick Rose was healthy. But he's not that guy anymore. And even if he is healthy, it's going to be a really soft, squishy, 65% of who he used to be kind of healthy. Because he's destroyed both of his legs. I recommend that everyone who thinks that the Bulls are better than the Cavs go back and read Bradford Doolittle's piece from... um, right when I think the love trade got finalized. In which he assumes... a fully healthy in his prime Derek Rose comes back and the Cavs win that series like something like 93% of the time. Um, I know it's fun to think that sort of, oh, teams need a year to mesh. Not when the parts fit. Um, like, see also the big three Celtics. Yep. Um, see also Pal and Kobe. Right, who immediately went to the finals and started a like started a three-year run of doing that. Um, see also, by the way, the ill-fitting Heat trio who made it to the finals and would have won if Braun didn't sort of like just like get overwhelmed by the down. moment. By the way, the pe- the pieces fit in Cleveland, and it's just like like you tell me what the Bulls are going to do when the Cavs well, go. And small. here's the thing is. The pieces don't really, like, everybody's very high on adding Pau Gasol, who, you know what, I'm comfortable, after watching Pau Gasol for the last two years, let's hold off on assuming he's just going to flip the switch again. Uh, They added McDermott and Maradich, and those guys look pretty good. I think they can both shoot. But here's the thing. Those pieces don't fit together very well. You know why? All those guys I just named are front court players, along with Noah and Gibson. And you know what you can't have on the floor if the forwards are going to be Kevin Love and LeBron James? I dare you to put Doug McDermott on the floor. I double dog dare you. I don't like. Oh, McDermott may turn out to be a player and a useful player, Um, and and I would say probably will be a useful player. Oh, sure. Um, he is not going to be playing crunch time of a playoff game under Tom Thibodeau ever let alone in his rookie season. Um, and by the way, neither is Pau Gasol, um, because look, as you, I think you were the first person who said this, um, um, Taj Gibson and and Joachim Noah are playing, right? Yeah. All right, Paul, Paul Gasol is not on the floor. He's not on the floor. And, and so those are your two front court players. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like, unless... So this is the thing, unless Derrick Rose is a god... Uh, you're really hurting for offense. And here's the thing. Last time Derrick Rose was a god, LeBron made him disappear in a playoff series. And that was a LeBron yeah, you know how I said who Paul was needed on not playing. You know who else isn't playing? This LeBron could devote 100% Derrick of his Rose energy is healthy. to annihilating Derrick Rose. And he would, because Are LeBron James is an infinitely better than player. Okay, yeah. Um, anyway, um, Derrick Rose is, you know... Even if he's healthy, it's just it's you're not that good, Bulls fans. I know you want to believe because I know you've been holding out, like, and you really like those choo-choo train Derrick Rose commercials about he's coming back and he's going to turn. He's local kid from Chicago. It's great. The other team has LeBron James. They just, I mean, they're just better. Uh, it's like it was very funny. So the other night, the Cavs and the Bulls played an exhibition game. Uh, and Derrick yeah. Rose looked great. He looked young. He dropped 30 points in 26 minutes, mm. and the Bulls mm. lost. Uh, yeah. I- I'll tell you this, and I know I know that I have uh, an established Washington bias. I think the Wizards, in some ways, assuming that it – and again, it could all fall apart because Randy Whitman isn't very good. I think the Wizards, because they are much much better positioned to push the Cavs – uh, lack of size and lack of rim protection are in some ways a more threatening team than the Bulls. 
I'm going to ask you two questions. Um, which team does LeBron James I'm play for? I'm not saying for? they'll win. Okay, but but the, okay, that's question number one. LeBron number James. Who'd you say the Wizards uh, coach was? Look, man. Who? <laughs> I'm trying to keep the <laughs> East interesting. Help me out. <laughs> no, I mean it'll be fun. It'll be great. But like, yeah, and I think the East, top to bottom, is better this year. The East is on the come up, and that's not even counting um, uh, the 76ers' miracle run to 60 wins. Um, but um, they're, they're going to win. Yeah, the 76ers are going to win 11 games. Maybe. I disagree. <laughs> and I don't like you very much right now. You know, you need you need a Stan Van Gundy. Who's go- you need the Josh Smith <sighs> whisperer. Yeah. All right. All let's right. wrap this up. Well, it's fun to have you. We hope you keep listening. Uh, hopefully someone yeah. out there hates money and wants to sponsor this because we would be open to that. We Yeah. Please come sponsor us. We would be thrilled us. to shill um, for any evil product or person that you might offer. Um, yep. But we'll be back next week to talk about all NBA teams and uh, the non-LeBron MVP candidates. Yeah, that sounds good. Bye, everybody. Peace. Basketball.